Hi, my beautiful people. This is Spill With Me, Jenny D. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so excited. I've been wanting to do this for so long. I'm giving you a real big hug right now. I don't know if you can feel it, but I'm giving you this big hug because I feel like everybody needs a hug or a, hey, you're doing great or you look nice or just compliment each other. I mean, see, I felt like I needed to start this because I've been running into so many people that just want to talk about their life experiences, the relationships or like any story they needed to share. This could be something magical or something they wanted to share, but they're afraid of what others would think, me included. Or if you're hurting inside or have a funny story about life lessons you'd like to talk about, I would love for you to reach out. This could be the worst or your best times. Listen, I have some good topics. We're going to have a lot of fun because I believe the best medicine is to talk about it because someone else is dealing with the same shit. beautiful people. This is another episode of Spill With Me, Jenny D, and I'm so excited. I met this beautiful woman at one of the networking groups that was probably a few months back or maybe a month or so back. I'm losing track of time. (laughs) But we were really hitting it off and talking about how we really need to focus on mental health and just talking about it and being aware of it so other people know that there's someone out there that can help you. Chandra. Yes. Yes, Chandra. I'm sorry. I told you I mispronounce everything. She's the founder and owner of Mindful, and she's a mental and emotional health coach. So, Chandra, hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me on your show. I'm excited to talk about why it is I do what I do and why mental and emotional health is so dear to my heart. You know, to start, as a child growing up, I had anxiety, but I had no idea what it was. I just knew that I would go to school, and I had some worries that just wouldn't stop. I think we all did. I think we all had a little bit of that, but nobody really diagnosed us. Right. Nobody talked about it. Um, You know, in elementary school, it was in the mid-80s, so no anxiety. But oftentimes what I found out with working with children is anxiety can look so different to so many. So a child might have anxiety, but you might see the behaviors of acting out or withdrawing or aggressive behaviors um, or being passive aggressive to other children. And although you see the behaviors, you have no idea what's actually going on sometimes inside the person. And a lot of times anxiety can fuel a lot of those behaviors. And for me, I was able to, quote unquote, suppress my anxiety just enough to get by and to engage in activities and have friends. And I just kind of put my head down and did what I had to do. Did you tell anybody about how you were feeling? I didn't. And I remember, I distinctly remember as a kid waking up and hoping the next day and praying the next day that I would feel right. However, I didn't know what right felt like. And I didn't understand exactly how to get there. I just kind of hoped and eventually it would just kind of all work itself out. That was in my grade school years. In high school, I feel like looking back, I pushed my anxiety down so much that it started to manifest a little bit in depression. And you know, once hormones kicked in, then it really did affect my mood, where I did start withdrawing a little more and my grades weren't as good as they probably could have been. I didn't really apply myself quite as well. And I was but little- you weren't aware of any of this. When this is going on, you're not aware, like, oh, I'm depressed. You just knew something was 
out of whack or something was not right. I don't fault my parents at that time when they did the best they could, but the whole mentality at that time was you just you just deal with it. <laughs> you just right. push through, you deal with whatever you have and put your head down and just keep moving forward. Right. The worst is, what are you depressed about? You got a, a house, you got food, you got clothes. You know, what are you depressed about? It's almost like they don't understand that it's not something like material. It's just something in your mind that just makes you feel like something's off. Right, and that's what I started realizing once I started to realize what was going on, which didn't happen until I found psychology and started grad. And thank goodness I did because the light bulb started to go on. Right. And I... In my first psych course, when I started talking about anxiety, I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> that makes so much sense. Right. And it was, like you said, it is what you're telling yourself. It's the thoughts in your mind that manifest for somebody to feel more anxious, to feel more depressed. And so it really comes a lot from our thoughts and how those thoughts affect the way we feel and right. the, way we, the way we behave and believe about ourselves. Exactly. Well, you went to college for what major? So my first major was nursing. Okay. <laughs> my second major was elementary education. And then somehow I stumbled upon psychology, and I think I took it as an elective. That was the day I said, I'm changing my major to psychology. When I was becoming a teacher, I realized that I wanted to work with that one child rather than 30 children. Right. And even back then, you know, I, I could see as I started to learn about myself how important it is to help kids to emotionally self-regulate their own emotions and how important it is that what we think really affects how we feel and that we can change that. Might have a script for the way that we learn how to think about ourselves in our situations, but that doesn't mean it has to be lifelong. Challenge your thoughts, it really can improve your mood. And then later down the road, I started getting into mindfulness and meditation to help myself. And the more I started learning that meditation and just present state mindfulness can really have a huge impact on anxiety improve your mood so what do you mean by that present state mindfulness is being aware of how you feel in the present moment so doing a body scan if you're in a moment where you're starting to feel kind of anxious or feel nervous or frustrated or angry or whatever it might be having that moment to look inward and introspect and feel how your body is feeling in that moment so you can move forward. That's so hard. Do you think that's hard to do, though? Especially absolutely. as a child. <laughs> it's absolutely hard to do. But it's like anything. The more you practice it, I feel like the easier it gets. And, you know, I equate it to learning how to run a marathon or being faster running a marathon or learning how to, you know, be a proficient reader or better at math. It's, it's all learning. Right, that's true. With meditation, I did hear a lot of how that really helps people just feeling like, ah, you know, you're relaxed and you can just kind of just keep your mind off of, you know, everything that's around you and just focus on you and your well-being. How do you, tell us about the meditation part of it. So for kids, and, and I know a lot of people, I always use the analogy of Kung Fu Panda, because when I ask kids what they think of meditation, they think of like sitting there for 20 minutes with their eyes closed and sitting still, and they're kids. They're not right. going to sit They're not. <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> no. Heck, I even think it's like that. <laughs> <laughs> and they're so concrete. So with kids, I think it helps to just be present during your behaviors. So if you are walking upstairs, be present with how the carpet feels under your feet, bringing your 
mind back to that present state. If you are making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, be present with the fact that you're actually putting the peanut butter in the bread and the jelly in the bread. And as, as simplistic as that sounds, we often make things and do things and our minds are so everywhere else. Right. Teaching kids to actually be aware of what they're doing in the present moment when they're doing something is kind of step one in understanding how to be present when they are feeling a certain way. And right. I think it's, I feel like it's, it's a building block. And if they're making Legos, it's not like, okay, I'm making Legos, then I'm going to like think about the five other things I need to do. Right. Make it be present with what you're building at the time. And you're, and, you're focused on that. Have you ever been in the car and you're driving somewhere and you totally forget where you're going? Absolutely. <laughs> that is so, I, you don't know why the mind is so occupied with so many other distractions that you don't even know where exactly you were supposed to go. I mean, I have to make a list in my phone of the things I got to get done today because I can't remember like, oh, what was I supposed to do? I tell, it just, my mind blanks. Now, I don't know if that's with, as you get older or, or what, but with, yeah, with children, like just knowing that, just being in the moment. Tandra, don't you think that with all the technology and, you know, the gaming systems and things like that, that their minds are just all over the place? Absolutely. And I've seen it with my own children, and they'll ask me a question, and then I'll answer them, and they'll ask me a question again, the same question. And I'm like, okay, focus. Right. (laughs) And they are kids, so their brains are naturally all over the place. And I think their constant stimulation they're getting from the outside world is making it a little bit more a little bit worse um but that's not to say that you can't help with that and and it is about just being present and trying to when you have that outside thought coming in like try and bring yourself to that moment and to listen to the answer or listen to what's going on right Um, and do you think like you need almost like a downtime or something like that because I almost feel like we tried to do this because I have two uh, kids in college and then a freshman in high school. And this summer, we tried to have dinners together, just the five of us, where we could just talk about, oh, we said, no phones, put your phones away. You know, we're, it's just going to be about us. And I do find that that was rewarding for me and for the kids because we were able to talk and like really look at each other in the face <laughs> instead of our phones. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. My kids are 11 and 7, so yeah, we do the exact same thing. It's, you know, dinner time, it's no phones, you know, interacting with each other, no screens. You know, a lot of times we'll do, you know, directed questions on their day and, you know, rose in the thorn as far as the good of their day or the bad of their day. But everyone has to listen and be present. Exactly. So tell us what what made you really get into this. I mean, I know you said that you grew up not knowing what was going on with you, but... Do you think that some people have a story of how something triggers and they're like, all right, that's it. I got to take control. I've got to help people. I got to help myself. Like it's almost like therapy. I feel like with my podcast, I feel like I'm getting therapy, you know, for free with my um, guests on my show because I'm listening to them and what they're going through. And then, you know, and I think about what I've gone through and it's just, it's therapy. Right. And yes, um, so to go to answer your question, when I was in college and I first realized that anxiety was what I had, I started dabbling into mindfulness meditation, like I had mentioned. But there was also a lot of stuff on medicine. So I remember going to my PCP, not a counselor or a therapist, and 
telling them what I discovered that I think I have. So at that point, through a series of a couple of years, they tried me on Wellbutrin, I was on Slexa, I was on Zoloft, um, I think I took Prozac for a little bit. And every time I took something, I either felt more anxious, my moods felt lower, or I just felt emotionally numb. Yes, like you're staring into space or something. (laughs) Right, so none of them worked for me. It was also during that time that because I was feeling the way that I was and didn't know how to completely work to holistically fix it, and that road didn't, you know, that didn't come to later on, I dabbled a little little bit in drugs and alcohol also to help myself feel less anxious and to help improve my moods. But as most of us know, that's very counterproductive right. <laughs> because of anxiety and makes the moods worse. And so there was a point in my undergrad where the light bulb went on. I'm like, I have to stop this. Like, I have to stop doing the things I'm doing to self-medicate. And it was one of those moments where I don't know where this message came from or where I decided to change. But it was that moment that I was like, I'm done. I'm going to start working on myself. If I really want to go to school for psychology and be the counselor or therapist I want to be, then I have to make some changes. So it was that moment on that I did. Um, I saw a couple of different counselors who I felt weren't probably the best for me. You know, they still talked about medicine. I didn't want to take any medicine. I didn't want to go down that road again. Right. Um, and so I started doing my own meditation, my own mindfulness training, but that still only took me so far. Later on, I went to graduate school and decided to go to graduate school for psychology. And it was really during my graduate years, we were recommended to see a therapist so we didn't risk counter-transference with our patients right. or with our clients. And not everyone did, but I did. That was probably the best thing that I did because the guy that I went to helped me. He did cognitive behavioral therapy, which is the thought restructuring stuff. He introduced me more into mindfulness and meditation. Um, I had another professor I talked to that was really into holistic avenues to help with anxiety. And going down that road, I feel like it really helped blossom. And it's funny how things can lead you on a path because then I found myself doing my internship helping kids with anxiety and depression. Right. And I got certified in CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, and certified in mindfulness training to help those individuals. And I really think that was also a catalyst to helping me. If you experience, yeah, if you know what what the symptoms are or how you're feeling, you can relate that to other people Uh and other, you know, children. And talking to those, all the other counselors you talked to about trying to do meditation and maybe not medicate, because I do know... um, Probably a lot of people do medicate because they think it's going to help them. Maybe it counteracts. I don't know. I'm I'm not sure about the whole medicine. But uh-huh. did you do you feel that the medicine had made you more anxious? I do, and I you know I feel like there's a time and place for pharmaceuticals, and you know, there are people that absolutely you know they need that to help them get through the therapy that they need to get through. For me personally, it it didn't work for me. And I was able to find a holistic way to help navigate through any deficits that I had at that time. Yeah, tell us about that. Because when you say that word holistic, I think people are thinking, oh, you know, not a voodoo doll or, you know, like they're one of those ones where it's like, you know, the smoke and the meditation and you're putting needles or I don't know. Explain that to us. So holistic to me and 
in terms of what I did and what I'm directing to help others with is really just the emotional regulation piece on how do we understand what we're thinking and being present with our thoughts in the moment. How do we understand what we're feeling and being present with our feelings in that moment? And when we have those imposter thoughts, because we all have them, how do you, how are you aware of that thought and then challenge that thought to help it best serve you? And when you do all those things, I'm really a big proponent on raising emotional intelligence also. And when you do those things and when kids do those things, it's amazing. You can see their empathy increase, their motivation increases, their self-confidence increases, their self-awareness increases, and they're able to set goals for themselves and achieve those goals. Right. To me, it's, it's really about mindset. And if you learn how to utilize that mindset to your best advantage, it decreases anxiety, it improves your mood, it helps with social interactions, self-confidence, all of it. Right. And the mind works in mysterious ways. I know for me personally, something will trigger me, like uh, something on TV or see somebody or I'm in a situation and it'll trigger me to that darker place of thinking, oh, I'm upset or sad. So that's the, I think that's the hardest thing for me is to get my mind off of, like, don't let that affect you. Like, it's almost like you wish you could just turn it off. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think the other piece of it, too, is, you know, that... I always talk to the kids I work with about and even do this myself, my own children, is for one of the smallest words of the English language, I, is such a powerful word. And when you say, I am grateful or I am caring, it really solidifies that you believe that about yourself. And like you're saying, like, you know, you have like this thought and switching it around to challenge that thought to using a good, solid I statement is so much more affirming than saying, oh, you know, I don't need to think about that, or you are this. It's not as powerful as using the I statement. That's true. Like, you know, I'm more powerful or I'm more strong than this situation or reminder of anything. That's right. You're right. You have to keep your mind open to knowing that you're in charge. Uh-huh. You know, I mean, your mind's going to wander and, st- you know, things like that, but you are in charge of your thoughts. Do you think that, or do you think it's too hard to say you, how you can control your thoughts all the time by just exercising your mind? I absolutely think that you can control your thoughts. Okay. Better serve the individual. And I think this is such an important concept to teach in the schools. And, you know, starting this business in 2020, to where I am now, um, I'm working on writing a curriculum, hopefully to get it into the school system where some of the stuff is taught. And you know, all the research points to you know five minutes a day. It's it's not that hard. You know, five minutes a day with mindset stuff, five minutes a day with knowing how to talk to yourself and how to have that self-talk, which I also feel is also important for males, but also females going through puberty. And you know, you have hormones and a lot of self-confidence stuff pop up. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I hear, you know, girls criticize themselves, but they're probably harder on themselves and their friends would be on themselves. Right. They see something that somebody else doesn't see. Like you see this beautiful, happy person and they say, oh, look at that. Look at that 
cellulite or look at that, you know, I look fat in this, you know, and they're, yeah, they're definitely hard on themselves. And I think even as adults, you know, adult women, we can be hard on ourselves as we age. <laughs> it's like, why do you look at the mirror? You're like, who is that person? <laughs> come from yeah right I'm like come on but yeah I mean now tell us like how do you so you said you're teaching are you going you're not going into the schools but you have your own office where people can reach you I do okay so the structure that I've laid out is I see parent and child together at the time and I have seen and I feel that seeing both together um, has been a lot more a lot more effective not only is it building the relationship between mother and child to work on some of these things, I also feel that the children are grasping this concept, what I'm talking about, so easily, and then the parents are also grasping it. And so they're working together on the same goals, and I feel like they're both getting coaching. Right. Even it's really for the child, but it's, you know. Talking to each other, and they're realizing. It's me, I'd be, you know, no parents want to blame themselves like, oh, it's me because I had anxiety, so now my kid has anxiety. It's not about that, would you say? No, it's not. And I feel like these are skills that everyone can learn. They're just life skills. I remember sitting in some of my courses thinking even way back, like, why don't they teach us in schools? Like, I feel like I could have benefited from a lot of having this knowledge on just how to emotionally self-regulate. And, you know, you hear growing up, like, be more patient or don't do this or don't do this. Well, that's great. But how do I not do that? Or how do I do these things? And right. when you learn the mindfulness piece and you learn the self-regulation piece, I feel like the rest of it falls in place. Exactly. You're right. I mean, you're right. There's no course or any subject in school that really talks about anxiety or depression or how our mind just, you know, makes us feel... I wouldn't say guilty. It would make us feel sometimes that we are not adequate or what do you, what would you think? Like our mind plays tricks on us. Right. And, and I think we, you know, due to environmental reasons or, you know, whole nature versus nurture controversy, we learn how to talk to ourselves from an early age, you know, whether that comes from genetics or whether it comes from just the way we're raised and no fault of, fault of the parents. It's just, the way it is, the way it happens. You know, social media, all this stuff coming in, you learn how to talk to yourself. Right. But that might not be so effective. And learning how that you can challenge those thoughts and how you can change the way you think about yourself can be done. And so I think, you know, being able to be aware of that and know what your thoughts are to be able to navigate through some of the challenges or through some of the deficits or whatever might be struggling a person. Oh, definitely. And I feel like almost with my mind starting this podcast, I feel like I'm able to sit like right now I'm focused on you and I'm listening to you. I'm not thinking about, oh, I got to run to the store. I got to do this, you know, get my kid ready for school. I got to go make dinner. I got to do laundry. I'm not thinking about all those things that those tasks that I need to get done. I'm thinking about you and what you have to say and how it's going to help our listeners because there is a lot of people out there that are so distracted you know for me I'm feeling the distraction sometimes too but just to have that one-on-one talking to someone really does help I agree it does it's just it's amazing how 
like you said, navigating through this world. And do you think that you started this in 2020 because of the whole COVID pandemic? I did. So one of the reasons I started it was because I saw a lot of my friends who are therapists and they had a huge waiting list. And I wanted to do something to bridge the gap to help with some emotional self-regulation piece. And this has kind of been on the back of my mind for years, even before COVID. But I'm like, I don't know how I do this. And then one day I'm like, I'm going to start a business. Yes. (laughs) See, I love it. An entrepreneur. I love it. It, You know, (laughs) happen where it's going to go, but I have an idea and I'm going to run with it. Yes, um, I love it. I actually started seeing a lot of people on Zoom. Um, and since Zoom took off, I saw people in different parts of the, the country that I didn't think I would, you know, even be a possibility. Amazing. That's pretty much how it started. And then I started seeing clients in their homes, in our area, and then I got an office and, you know, the rest is history. But feel like it's definitely needed and the more that I'm kind of getting into it and it's growing it's it's been good right and like I said it's therapy for you when you're helping someone else that needs your help it keeps me honest um yes (laughs) I just what you preach right exactly me with my own children just to have that mindset with them and you know there's you know mornings going to school of course I want to feel a little frustrated at times getting out the door but it helps me to kind of center myself and it really does help I think all around when you have to practice what you preach right and so if somebody was listening right now and they're like you know my daughter and I or my son and I or would love to talk to you and just kind of how would they go about that so they can reach out to my email address, um, which is chandra at mindfuladaptations.com. I also have a website, uh, mindfuladaptations.com, which they can find out more information. And when, after someone reaches out to me, I do a phone consult just to kind of get a feel as far as what they're looking for. And then we do a free consultation face-to-face. That's with parents and child or parents and child. And during that time, I'll get a sense of what goals they want to work on, what they want to get out of the coaching experience, and then we'll go from there. That's wonderful. Now, how long does it, this is probably a really stupid question, but for a mother and their child, how long do you think it takes to get to that point? Is it different for everyone, I'm sure? It is different for everyone, and I think it's dependent upon the age also. Right. So there are some that I've seen twice a week for six weeks to start and then it might be you know six weeks for once a week depending upon what they need there's others that I've seen for nine weeks once a week and then they drop down to once a month and they just kind of need a refresher of coaching so my treatment plan is mostly laid out to not be forever and it is child or client and child dependent as far as what we decide on as far as treatment goes but the goal is not to be in treatment forever the goal is to learn these skills and then use them in real life right. and if you need teachers then absolutely we'll do refresher courses that's so nice now um yeah because i was going to say what age group do you start at seven typically seven to seventeen is the age. seven to seventeen okay now and there are there are a couple of parents that I see. I was um, just going to ask you that. That's so funny you said that because I'm thinking, okay, once the kid's okay, then the parent's like, hey, wait. <laughs> right. And some of the parents I, I have seen, you know, for a longer duration, just so they can have, you know, 
just refreshers on, you know, how do I handle this situation or right. um, bouncing things off of people and, and, and for their own goals um, as far as mental and emotional health because they want to model the same thing that they, the child, is learning. And I feel like having that, I guess, umbrella, for lack of better words, of working with the parent and the child, whether they're in the same room sometimes or not, it doesn't matter as long as they're all working on the same goals and then using the same thing in their home, I think it becomes effective as well. Right, because I, I, you know, I think that, you know, as a parent that it's sometimes hard for us to give advice or for us to, you know, tell our kids, oh, you should be doing this or you should be doing that. When, you know, sometimes I would say to my son, I'd be like, why are you in your room all day? Like, go do something, go outside, go, you know. And I'm thinking, maybe that's not what he wants to do. Maybe that's what mommy wants him to do, but maybe that's not what he wants to do. So you do have to really think about, in talking to you and getting coaching from you, you realize, okay, take a step back and realize that it's not about you. It's about what they want. Right. So interesting. And, 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 you know, how do you navigate that together as a family? Because we're all so different. You know, even when we have family, we have, we're all very different and have very different ideals. And my ideals might not be the same ideals as my child or my husband or so forth. But, yeah, understanding that everyone is different and taking a step back is kind of half the battle sometimes. Yes. I mean, I love that you're doing this. I love that you started this business in that you're coaching and and helping, you know, kids from seven to seventeen and even adults. And can um, the mom and dad come, or what about grandparents? Or you just kind of let them pick. Um, typically, it's been mom and or dad, or both mom and dad with the child. Grandparents, I mean, definitely if they are involved, you know, caregivers and babysitting the children, absolutely. You know, I have even opened it up to I have not seen any babysitters or nannies yet either, but that is definitely an open possibility as well. Right. They're around the kids. Right. And I think that's the hardest thing, too, is, you know, the generation gaps and how different it is because, you know, a lot of the grandparents don't realize that it's with social media and the phones and everything is so different now. And you're always looking for that, do they like me or you know, did they like my posts? Looking for gratification from just the mobile device. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because that's kind of the other piece of it is you see a lot of kids today, and I think it is different with social media and getting those likes, that they're looking for that external gratification. And so part of all of this is learning how to be internally gratified without needing the external gratification. And you know, there is research to point out that external gratification can fuel you for so long but it can go into other things like drugs and alcohol and gambling and other addictions but if you have a good sense of how to gratify yourself internally and you feel self-confident with that then you're less likely to have those addictions later on in life that's so true i mean all right i'm gonna say it again chandra Yes. (laughs) I love that. And it's so unique. I don't know anybody with that name. I love it. I I appreciate you talking to me and just like filling us in on something that really I didn't, I wasn't aware that this was even out there. And you're located Cranberry, no? Cranberry Township, yes. Cranberry Township. So Fields to be exact. Okay. Do you have people, so if somebody in the South Hills, like where I am, 
they can just Zoom. They don't have to actually go up to your office. Or what would you rather have? I prefer in person. However, I do do Zooms as well. Right. Okay. My dog's sneezing in the background. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> but yeah, see, that's great that you offer so many different options for people because it's true. It's like you can't get into a lot of the therapists and you you lose that. Well, forget it then. If we can't see a therapist, forget it. You know, just put it on the back burner. We don't need help. But with having you and knowing that your background and how you had to soothe or you know, get your mindset to where you are. It shows that you've been through it. So you know how to interact with other people that are going through it. Exactly. And, you know, it's all part of it. We all have a story, like you said. I think it's fantastic what you're doing and helping people tell their stories. But oftentimes there is a reason as to why people do the things they do. And I feel like Mm -hmm. this is my purpose and this is why I went through what I went through as a child and teenager and young adult. And now I feel like, you know, it's what I'm supposed to do to help other kids and other parents who may be struggling with the same situations. I love it. Women empowering women. (laughs) An entrepreneur. So, okay, one more time, hon. So um, if they look up, you want them to email you or go to your website? Can you repeat that again? Find out more information, um, and then there's a link on there to email me. They can also call me at 724-900-4441. Okay, perfect. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Now, do you have set hours, or is it okay if they call you during the day at some point? Um, I'm typically available from 8.30 to 4.30, approximately 5 o'clock, and I do schedule appointments prior to that or after that, just depending Okay. Oh, see, this was so wonderful. I so appreciate you taking the time out and what you're doing with helping children and parents. This is something that I feel like we need as a society, because if our kids going to get therapy or taking medication, we still don't know what's going on. Right. And the coaching, I feel like can go a long way. It, It is. And it's a work in progress. We are... You know, we're trying to get through this world and trying to adapt to different things that have happened in our world. (laughs) So that, you know, for having someone there to just say, hey, let's focus on you. Let's focus on what you need and not about everything around you. I agree. And, you know, it's no secret, too, that it's really been over the last decade. I think it's increased even since COVID with anxiety increasing, depression increasing, suicidalities increasing, as well as school shootings. And I'm not saying that this is the cure-all, this is the fix to all that, but I do feel, you know, from my background and just things that I read and things that I've seen, that a lot of it is understanding how to emotionally self-regulate and learning how to fail and what that feels like and how do you overcome those things and how do you overcome those feelings. Right. Become stronger you. That's what you have to do. You have to look in the mirror every day and say, you know what, I got this. Exactly. I'm not going to let my mind or anything I see and I'm going to try to do that myself. Maybe I need to have some coaching from you. I got this, right? <laughs> I got this. I got, you know, you get to keep saying it to yourself. I got this. I can do this. And if you just, and the meditation part of it, I really think that that is something interesting because everybody says, I don't have time for that. I don't have time. But you said it's five minutes. 
five minutes a day and you don't have to do it for long. Um, and, and like I said before, it doesn't even have to be meditation. Just when you're doing something, be consciously aware of what you're doing when you're doing it. And yeah, I like research and I like seeing the science behind things, which is kind of what also fuels what I'm doing. But if you look at functional MRIs and people that meditate and don't meditate or people that practice mindfulness and don't practice mindfulness, there are huge significant changes between the brain structure and between increased brain, brain blood flow and just increased size in different areas of the brain. So it really does affect the brain. Right. I know there's just so much to it. I'm learning as I listen to you. I am so excited that you're on Spill With Me, Jenny D. today. If there's anything you would like to tell our listeners before we wrap it up. Just if you feel like any of this resonates, please reach out. Please know that you can do it and that you don't have to be a victim to your thoughts. Oh, I like that. That might have to be the title. <laughs> well, thank you so much, hon. I really appreciate your time. This was Spill With Me, Jenny D. Thank you, Jenny D. Thank you. Take care. Thank you so much for joining me with Spill With Me, Jenny D. You can be anonymous, planning on having guest speakers, or anyone who wants to share their life experiences on the topic we covered that week. I'm going to post all that on my Facebook and website, so you will see what I'll be talking about that week. So give me a call. I can pre-record and put you on my, my episode that day. I stress this. I personally feel to heal yourself is to talk about it. And if we can help each other instead of keeping it bottled up and just release it, I think that it's going to help all of us. And let's have a lot of fun. I can't wait to hear from you guys. Oh, I'm so excited. This is still with me, Jenny D.